We are continuing our study tonight in the book of Psalm in chapter 23. You might say, well, why did you have John chapter 14 and verse 1 through 6 read? Well, we're going to tie it in together uh, tonight and continuing our series in the presence of the shepherd. Uh, The Lord is my shepherd, and he has promised some things in that, hasn't he? In that uh, scripture of Psalms 23, he has promised a lot of good things. And John 14 ties into that. Our Lord promises uh, that mansion, doesn't he? And uh, that home in heaven, he's going to prepare that place. So God is a God of promises. And God will not break his promises to us. And we can most certainly rely on upon that. Let me read Psalm 23 once again to familiarize ourselves with it. It's been a couple weeks or so uh, since we've been on this study. But you're very familiar with it. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul he lendeth me in the path, or leadeth me in the paths in the right of righteousness, for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, and my cup runneth over. Now watch it in verse 6. This is where our focus is going to be tonight. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Tonight I want us to look and show the promise we have from God want us to look at some that we want to remember and take advantage uh, of these promises. And that first statement there in verse 6, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Surely goodness and mercy. The very first word here tells us that what will follow, David is guaranteed to all faithful followers of God. What will follow him and what follows us is not up for debate. It is something that you can hang your hat on. It is a promise that God will not break. It is something that should exhort us and comfort us Throughout this life, it's guaranteed. Those who trust in God will have goodness and mercy. Follow them. Why? Because they are faithful servants of God. And because God is with those who love him. Often when we buy something new, we look for a guarantee, don't we? 
A lot of times that will will help us make a decision, maybe, uh, whether to choose this product or this name of product or, or versus this one or that one, whatever the case may be. Well, we're talking about a guarantee greater than that. It may guarantee that it'll fix everything, no matter how long a product lasts. And God gives us those types of promises and beyond. Because again, goodness and mercy will follow those who are faithful servants of God. Because he loves us. Goodness. Think about that goodness. What God provides for us who love him is good. You look in the book of Psalms in 31 and verse 19, just a few chapters over. And I've got a note in my Bible right there how great God is. Oh, how great is thy goodness which thou hast laid up for them that fear thee, which thou hast wrought for them that trust in thee before the sons of men. How great our God is. We sing that song, How Great Thou Art. And God promises us that goodness. The faithful person can look at their lives and you can look in your life and I can look in mine and I can see the goodness of God right here today, right here tonight. We can see the goodness of God because we're gathered together. We've had the health. We've had a good day, beautiful weather. We've been able to worship. There are a lot of people who would give a lot to have the health just to be where you are tonight. But we can see the goodness of God in our lives. Everywhere we look, if we'll just take the time, we can find the goodness. No matter how bad things are or how bleak they look, if we'll just look and be honest with ourselves, we can look around and we can find the goodness, can't we? And most certainly as we read tonight in John 14 and 1 through 6, those first few verses of that, He said, I've gone to prepare a place for you. I've gone to prepare a place for you. Those of you who love me and trust me and depend upon me and are faithful to me, he said, I've gone to prepare a place for you. And he says, I'll come again. The goodness of God. What about the mercy? Surely, goodness that conjunction of and mercy. You put the two together. We know from other studies that mercy is compassion. And it might even be termed as having pity for one or for others. And But we also can say and look from our standpoint tonight and say that we have done nothing to deserve mercy from God. Mankind is the one that messed up the whole plan, wasn't it? Starting in the Garden of Eden. And mankind continued to mess up God's plan. And they're still messing it up today, aren't they? 
God started out this world and mankind in this world that they should not, we should not see the sins that we see. But man messed it up and man has continued to sin and bring about sin. Things that you probably never thought you would see and maybe in your lifetime, man has brought it about. It's gross, isn't it? A lot of the things that we see and that we hear and, and have to live in here, it's really gross to have to look at and to even think about. And you know, I was just <clears throat> uh, made aware this morning, I don't know, I, I can't, I, I want to say that I've never, ever seen a female lead prayer at a graduation at Jackson County High School until this last year. There may have been another time that I'm not aware of, but it's not, uh, it's just something that we, we live in, isn't it? Um, there may have been other times, but you know, that's just the, the world we're living in, isn't it? Some of the things that, uh, you know, and I was asked, uh, how do we view that as Christians? Well, we don't. We, it's, it's not right, is it? It's not right for a young lady, a uh, young woman, or a group of women to pray in the presence of a man. I got into a uh, debate with a gospel preacher one time. As long as they don't hear you, you're all right. Well, no, we can't go along with that either. Uh, we had an adult class going on. He wanted women to be praying over here and men to be praying right here. Uh, and that's just not something that we need to be a part of. But again, the things, the mercy that God still shows us, even in the face of all of this sin and contrary things to his word, he still provides us mercy, doesn't he? His love, his goodness, he has pity on us. And as I made a mention just a moment ago, we've done nothing to deserve that mercy because we crucified His Son. But God, through God, we yet receive it from Him. Matthew chapter 1 and verse 21. They continue and remain with those who love Him. Mercy is seen in the sacrifice of Christ. In chapter 1 of Matthew there, verse 21, And she shall bring forth a son, they shall call his name Jesus, for he shall what? Save his people from their sins. The mercy and love of God. It's seen in the sacrifice of the of the. The, the, the child that was born of the Holy Spirit of woman, that miracle birth, the one who was the Messiah, the coming Messiah that they looked for, and the one who bore the sins of mankind. Even while facing great difficulties in our lives, we can still see the goodness of God and His mercy. Back to the book of Psalms in chapter 86. 
the 86th Psalm in verse 12 and 13 show us this. I will praise thee, O Lord my God, with all my heart, and I will glorify thy name forevermore. For great is thy mercy toward me, and thou hast delivered my soul from the lowest hell, or Sheol. Even in those, facing those great difficulties in our life, we can still see the goodness of God and his mercy. Surely goodness and mercy is guaranteed shall follow me all the days of my life. God's gifts for the faithful are continual and not a one-time blessing. They continue and remain with those who love the Lord. Lamentations chapter 3 and verses 22 and 23. They're continual and remain with us. It's not just a one time. That goodness and mercy that comes from God lasts while we are faithful to Him. During the time that you and I have upon this earth. And if we are to enjoy that goodness and mercy of God, there's some things that has to happen. We must be faithful. We must be faithful to enjoy those things. Because those who are unfaithful do not have those benefits from God. Now you turn to the, in the Psalm, the 34th chapter, in verses 15 through 19. And in verse 15 of the 34th, 34th Psalm, the eyes of the Lord are upon who? The righteous. And his ears are open to, to what? Their cry. The face of the Lord is against who? Them that do evil. To cut off the remembrance of them from the earth. The righteous cry and the Lord heareth and delivereth them out of their troubles. The Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart and saveth such as be of a contrite spirit, and many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth him out of them all. You see, that's great stuff for us. When we start talking about the surely the goodness and the mercy of Psalms 23 shall follow me all the days of my life. We know that God will be faithful and just to those who are faithful and just to him. And we will receive those benefits and we'll continue to receive those benefits as long as we put God first and serve him. You see, that's the key. Putting God first. and serving him. What about the rest of that scripture? He says, surely in goodness and mercy, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. He says, I will what? Dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Let's take those four words, and I will dwell. 
as a result of being faithful, we have goodness and mercy given to us from God. And as a result of those things, we, and I mean we, the faithful, will dwell with him. You see, that's great comfort for us. We'll dwell with the Lord. There's coming a day, you know as well as I do, that we're going to leave this world. I've done a memorial today over at uh, Draper Cemetery. And we talked about that. Those who have left this world, who lay there in those graves, and a lot of them faithful servants and soldiers for the Lord, and result of their faithfulness, we know by the life they lived that they're dwelling with the Lord. And that's a great comfort for us. They're dwelling with Him. Now, to dwell with Him doesn't mean to just hear Him or to be able to speak to Him. It means we literally live with Him. Our home is with God, the Father of the faithful. Romans chapter 6, about verse 8, the first part of 8 in Romans chapter 6. It says, now if we be dead or died with Christ, we believe that we shall also what? Live with him. You see, there's a lot more to Psalms 23 when you just read it. A lot of times you just read it and you say, oh, I know it. Maybe somebody can quote it. But there's a lot more to look when you dig into it and how you can relate it to life hereafter. Our lives now, that surely and goodness are going to follow us, that we're going to dwell in the house of the Lord all uh, forever. You go on over in 2 Timothy, in chapter 2, in verse 11, speaks of that same thought. It is a faithful saying, for if we be dead or died with him, we shall also what? Live with him. So again, to dwell, and thinking of this, this passage, to dwell with him, it, it doesn't mean, to reiterate it again, it doesn't mean that we're just going to hear him or always see him one time or, or we're able to speak to him. It means that we're literally going to live with him eternally. Our home will be with God because he is the father of the faithful. It goes back to those conditions of being faithful. That's why we enjoy those benefits. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. God has made sure. Now you, you mark this down and you, you take and make a mental note. God has made sure that the faithful who are in eternal life will abide in a place that is proper and fitting for those of us who have loved him and stayed faithful to him. God has made sure of that. Our Lord spoke of it in John 14. House of mansions, many rooms. 
God will prepare that place for you. And he said, if it wasn't true, he said, I wouldn't have told you. And then he says, I'm going to come back one day. And those of you who are faithful and have remained faithful to me, I'm going to take you home to be with me and my father. The Lord's going to return. And God has made sure that the faithful has that proper place and that's fitting for those who love him. You see, not only are we uh, with the Father and the Father's with us, but we're going to be in a place of rest for all eternity. Forever has no end. It's a time that continues and never comes to an end because God has no end and the faithful who dwell or live or make their home with him will have no end. You see, it's hard for us to comprehend that, isn't it? As I've said before from this pulpit, everything that we know has a beginning and an ending, doesn't it? This church service tonight had a beginning and it will have an ending and we move on to something else. Can you imagine and, and, and put it into your mind of something never stopping? The longest day of work you've ever had is way worse than that or way better than that. Let me put it that way. The time goes on and on. We will live eternally. You see, man does not have to die twice. Unless Christ comes back before we die, we will face one death. But this is not avoidable. The second death or eternal damnation is avoidable, though. When you go to the book of Matthew, in chapter 7, verses 13 and 14, you know the scripture well. Enter ye in the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat. Because straight or narrow is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth where? Unto life. And there will be what? Everybody gets to go? No. It says a few, doesn't it? A few be there that find it. I want you to think with me just for a moment in the last few moments. <clears throat> think with me along these lines. The faithful die... But do they stay dead? The answer to that, no. The faithful find a place that's described as you know it and I know it as what? Eternal rest, eternal life. Revelation 2 and verse 11, right after, Be thou faithful unto death, and I will give you the crown of righteousness. He says there in verse 11, we continue to live for eternity. But now let's look at it on the other side, the unfaithful. The unfaithful people who are not faithful to God when they die, what do they face? Do they stay dead? No. But they continue to feel the pains of death. They continue to feel the pains of death for all the continuation of eternity. 
in a place that is designed for the unfaithful and the rebellious people, they face the second death. Or could we say eternal death? Revelation 21 and verse 8. You know, I want to be with a faithful. We need to know that all will live after their bodies stop working. Every person will live somewhere. But it's where we live that makes the difference. And it's how we live before God today that determines which place we will live. It's how we're living now. Remember I often say that heaven is a prepared place for what? A prepared people. Right now, we're preparing for where you will live and I will live. The end result of our faithfulness is found in eternal life with the Father where we will abide forever because of his mercy. And it's where we see the ultimate display of God's goodness and care and love. And you know what? Last but not least, that promise extends to us today. God made a promise to David, and he makes that same promise to us today. We, the faithful today, can have that goodness and mercy of God in our lives. We can see the goodness of God and know his mercy through the sacrifice of his son and through the blessings and comfort he gives us today. But you know what? We must take advantage of that. We must take advantage of God's promises. God has promised that the faithful will live with him eternally. But you and I must decide, are we willing to be faithful so that we can know that goodness and mercy and abide with him forever in the house, that heavenly abode. Maybe today it's time for us to choose who will serve, or maybe where we will abide forever. If one finds himself out of the ark of safety, out of the church, into sin, and sin has separated you from God, you must confess and repent of that sin to have it forgiven. It just doesn't go away. No matter how much good you do, that sin just doesn't go away. You have to make that public confession and say, I've sinned. I've done this or I've done that or I haven't done this or haven't done that and I need prayers from the church to forgive me and I want to be back in the right relationship with God and I want to live eternally with Him and, and, and see that goodness and that mercy come to fruition on the day of judgment and the day we live with Him eternally. Maybe tonight you need to make that decision. And get back right with God. Maybe you need to become a Christian. We encourage you to do that. Oh, what a sad day to miss that wonderful place called heaven. Tonight, whatever your need may be, we encourage you to come. Let's together we stand and as we sing.